Hi, and welcome back to Rate That Album. Back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muabdi. Paul, how are you doing this week? Going nowhere, man. I'm a real nowhere man this week. (laughs) (laughs) You're mean Mr. Mustard. You're mean Mr. Mustard, sir. (laughs) Paul, you're going to have to carry that weight all the way to the end of this review because... yeah, I felt like you and Brown were sticking it to me with the last couple picks, uh, respectively, with Molly Ringwald, and then Brown pick and drop dead Fred. So I unleashed an unholy beast upon both of you with <laughs> the Bee Gees 1970. What what year was this? I don't even 78. know. 78. It was 78. Uh, abomination of the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Paul, uh, I'm going to read you a quote because obviously you and I only remember this version of Sgt. Pepper's because the Beatles version is long forgotten. This is a quote from B.G. Robin Gibb uh, before the release of this movie. Kids today don't know the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper. And when those who do, do see our film and hear us doing it, that will be the version they relate to and remember. Unfortunately... Oh, no. The Beatles will be secondary. You see, there's no such thing as the Beatles. They don't exist as a band and never performed Sgt. Pepper live in any case. When ours comes out, it will be, in effect, as if theirs never existed. When you hear the Beatles do Long Tall Sally or Roll Over Beethoven, do you care about Little Richard's or Chuck Berry's version? (laughs) And this was Barry? This was Barry? Nope, this is Robin. Robin. Oh, this is Robin Gibb? Robin, Robin with Gibb. The, um, <laughs> delusional uh, much, Robin. <laughs> that's a real quote. Uh, cocaine is what Hunter S. Thompson once called instant hubris. <laughs> and, uh, obviously, he was on enough of it because if you uh, read about, up into the background of the making of this movie, Robin needed to take barbiturates just to fall asleep after the bags of cocaine were passed around the making of the movie. Yeah, this is also cocaine. The movie. This, this, yeah. Um, the that that's well known that um, uh, Maurice is actually on record saying he couldn't believe um, that that stagehands and and people, everyone was just walking around with bags of bags of cocaine. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about the movie. That's for Joe Brown to. Uh, endure because it's a it has everything paul it has sex robots it has uh sandy fiona i think her name is uh she she plays strawberry fields and also does a song on the toxic avenger movie yes sandy farina farina whatever it doesn't matter (laughs) toxic avenger is a genius my friend it's genius it's got dr loomis it (laughs) does yeah, Donald Pleasance, uh, a constant in the John Carpenter movies. He's in it as a as a perverted, uh, drink-drugging record executive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a children's movie, too, with an orgy. Yeah, yeah, with an orgy. What, what, just, I know we're not going to talk about the movie, because, you know, that's... What rating was the movie? PG, I think. Jesus Christ, the 70s were a weird time, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if it has a rating from that time, but I'm pretty sure it's PG. It was a children's movie. Oh a children's God. movie. Well, <laughs> that happened. That yeah, so happened. we're going to talk about the soundtrack, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, featuring, you know, the aforementioned uh, Bee Gees. We got Peter Frampton, Sandy Farina, who, again, contributed her best art to the Toxic Avenger movie. Yeah, she did. Uh, we, got, <laughs> we got Alice Cooper. We yeah, we did. Aerosmith. Steve Martin. <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. George Burns. <laughs> And uh, Billy Preston. Now, so Paul, why don't we give? Why don't you give us some of your first thoughts? Because a lot of the story is connected to the making of the movie itself. But and we just, but there's a lot we can go. I think we should do track by track on this, honestly, because it's uh, it's yeah. something, man. Like, it's something. Now, you know, we did. Oh, let's also say. Produced by George Martin, the fifth yeah. Beatle, you know, yeah. the lovable lads from Liverpool. Yeah. This is uh, also, I want to say, this is probably the closest I'll get to picking a Beatles album. Uh, yeah. Because I, when it comes to the Beatles, I feel like there's not much I can add. But there's I'm a lot you. I can add to this Beatles adjacent album. <laughs> No, I completely agree. I don't think we'll ever do a Beatles album because what has not been said about them? Like, there's nothing we can really contribute there. And I completely agree with you on that. Um, you know, I, I got to say, I don't know if it was a positive. Well, it's a positive for this for this review that we that we did Tommy first. <laughs> uh, I will say this is a, a stronger album, at least, than the Tommy one in that only... Some of the tracks feature uh, cast members from the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not an album of Anne Margaret and Oliver Platt or whatever the fuck his name was. It's not Oliver Platt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, no, it was. um. So I mean, comparing it like again, because I have to contrast and compare a little bit there because I'm like, OK, this is also another movie version of an album. Um, it's, it's not. It's, that's the thing. It's not really Sergeant Pepper's because it's mostly it's a hybrid of Abbey Road and Sergeant Pepper. And much like a classic Beatles album, the George Harrison and Ringo Starr songs really get the shaft on this. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> they get one each. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nope. You're absolutely right on that. Um, they do. They they get the shaft. Um, and you're right. It's also it's Abbey Road. I think a little bit of Let It Be on there as well with the Long and Riding Road. Um, and get back. Yep, and get back. Um, but you know, I mean, it's it's and it's revolver. Revolver has it. Which one? Which one's revolver? Uh, got to get you into my life. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not truly Sergeant Pepper, and and there's things when we go through the tracks is gonna that bothers me. There's one. There's one specifically um, that I didn't. Just one. <laughs> well, well, I mean, what what they did bothered me like a lot because it's one of my favorite Beatles songs, um, and um, yeah. So you know the the. This thing has the fortuitous 
um, glory of coming after Tommy. So in terms of a soundtrack to a musical movie that's done by other artists and it's done by covers, this is far more competent than, than what we listened to previously. That doesn't mean it's good. It no. just means it's competent. And let's, uh, also, let's also point out, uh, as much as people call it, the, the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper is not a concept album. No, it is not. And it never was. They tried to make it a concept album and went away from that. And that Paul McCartney's on record saying that numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I believe Lennon and Harrison had no interest in doing a concept. Yep. Because that's where a little help from my friends and Sergeant Pepper, when they introduced Billy Shears, that's the only thing they kept on the concept. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, yeah, no, absolutely. And I and I think people try to shoehorn it into a concept album because the Beatles pretty much are the only, you know, one of the you know, the one thing they never did was a concept album, technically. Um yeah, and I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah, no, they never did a concept album. There's album like I think people also try to I think they try to lump Abbey Road in that and it's not. It's just a series of like the big medley is just a series of Songs that they never finished. Yes, yes. That doesn't make it a concept. It's a song, yeah. I mean, technically, to me, Let It Be is somewhat of one on a technical standpoint because it's them saying, fuck off. (laughs) Even then, there's not... A concept album is, you know, it it seems... There's an overarching theme. Theme, yep. And sometimes a story. A lot of times a story, when we think of classic uh, concept albums, Mm -hmm. like... uh, but you know, like Dark Side of the Moon, the theme is life to death and everything mm-hmm. that goes in between. Uh, Sergeant Pepper was just there on acid. Yes, it was. It was the heyday of their. It was the heyday of their drug of their drug days. Yeah. Um, or at least I think their whole career was the heyday of their drug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. And he was whacked out on heroin during Let It Be, man. Yeah, he was whacked on heroin. Well, you know, there there's talks about how even and like before, like just how they're on pills. Yeah, they're uh, on speed. Yeah, the, they yeah they started on speed. Yeah, they were never a sober. <laughs> never, ne- never, not even during like you know the, the 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 wholesome days of the Beatles. They were on uppers and downers to to get through the day. Yeah. Um. So par for the course for a lot of bands. Yeah, it, it, it still is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it still is. I mean, what, what, some things changed? never change, Paul. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, I, I have to say it's, it's, uh, so my initial thoughts are it's competent. It's competent. It's com- yeah. I've heard worse Beatle con- uh, tribute albums. Mm-hmm. I've heard better. Uh, this one happens to have one of the, probably the worst Beatles cover I've ever heard. Ooh, We'll get to it, but, well, I'll just, it's the Alice Cooper track. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. It's, it's so I mean, bad. It's just, uh. That's that's terrible, but we'll go track by track. I'll just say this: like the competent tracks are when the Bee Gees are on their own. Yes, I will agree and, with you. And it, and it, then it just when they have Frampton. This okay? Before we get into all of it, too, let, I am confused why they had Peter Frampton not play cool guitar yeah. on an album which is his strong point, and they had him do vocals, which is his weak point. 
that was weird. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I, the Bee Gees overall, I mean, at the time, if you're going to pick someone to do something, I think the Bee Gees were not a bad choice. Because a lot of the Beatles, especially in their later stuff, was a lot of harmony and things like that. And the, Be- the Bee Gees are very good at that. But Frampton is the odd choice to me. Um, super, super odd. Yeah, he he butchers a lot of because uh, I think he butchers the vocals. On, like it's bad. It's it's uh, why is he singing? Uh, that he's at this time Frampton comes alive. He's known for making his guitar talk. You know, like yep. and he has these monster hits, and he's not really known as a vocalist. No, no, and like they put him on pure vocals and like. No real guitar. Well, and this is something else that I'll say. I was going to say towards the end, but I'll say it now. I think one of the things that actually really hinders this album is the fact that George Martin was on it. Um, They didn't let the songs have their own real thing. It felt like it was someone else like doing karaoke versions of the Beatles. Yeah. For the most part. And that's never fun. No. No, no, unless you're really hammered and the person singing Beatles is really hammered. <laughs> it, 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 that's not fun. <laughs> no, it, it's not fun to listen to, you know, like the Bee Gees and Frampton and Steve Martin and and George Burns. You know, um, the one song let's well, well, we'll, 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 we'll go through it. We get there, I guess. Okay, we'll, we'll, let's, we'll, okay let's just start. OK, we'll start yeah. with the first track. Is a twofer. It's Sergeant Pepper's, just like the Al- the Beatles version, with a little help from my friends. Yes. Uh, the Pepper part again. When the Bee Gees are doing their thing, it's not bad. I don't know who the vocalist, besides you know who's doing the intro. It's like they have a character in the movie doing the the twenty years ago today part. Uh, it's not bad. It's just like. <clears throat> I started, I started listening to it. And I'm like, you know, this isn't too bad. And then we get to a little help with a little help from my friends. Oh. And uh, I swear to God, Paul, I'd never thought they'd make a version <laughs> worse than Ringo's. <laughs> and they did. And they, they did. did. They found a way. Yeah. <laughs> These motherfuckers now, found a way. <laughs> now, one thing I'm going to bring up here, I'm going to do this for every track, since we're going track by track, is I'm going to pick a comment um, from the YouTube song. All um, right. To to, to go along. I'm glad with you it. curated this. Yes. So here's one from Snowfire seventy. Not sure why all the negative comments. The movie was a coming of ager with the boys going off to make their fortunes. It has been done dozens of times. I think they did a great job with it. It was a great tribute to the Beatles and didn't hurt the Beaches reputation one bit. All of um, us. This actually, let's get down to brass tacks. That this album most certainly did affect the Beach career. Uh, let me find it. There's a Harrison. Harrison. There's a Harrison quote. Yeah. So, in 1979 uh, interview, George Harrison expressed sympathy for Robert Stigwood, Peter Frampton, and the Bee Gees, acknowledging that they had all worked hard to achieve. Success before making Sergeant Pepper, he said of Frampton and the Bee Gees. I think it's damaged their images, their careers, <laughs> and they didn't need to do that. It's just like the Beatles trying to do the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones can do it better. 
so so yeah so um um you know so going on with this particular comment all of us who loved them before the movie loved them after lol it does help that i also love the beatles and truly enjoy the music of both bands I'd rather hear the Bee Gees do a Beatles tune any than any other person in the world. Thumbs up all the way. Pay no attention to the naysayers. There is a lot of apologists for this, people. So just yeah. strap it, yeah. strap it. Yeah, and so it's a little bit of a background here. It's <clears throat> the Stigwood that uh, Harrison was. It's Robert Stigwood. He was a producer and a, a record company exec. Uh, who found insane success with the Grease soundtrack, which Frampton worked on and Barry Gibb and they achieved, he made buttload of money with the Saturday night fever soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, he did. Though for people who've never seen the movie, I suggest it's really good. It's not a disco party movie. It's, it's a lot. It's a pretty dark fucking film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, that was an album that got to a point where the, they couldn't press records fast enough to keep up with demand, and people had to buy the album jackets and oh, get wow. the record in the mail. I mean, that's how much uh, Saturday Night Fever was selling. It's so he's making buttloads of cash and then hubris. We're <laughs> 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 gonna do the PGs with the Beatles. Yeah, and every nobody recovered. <laughs> From the only people that walked away from this unscathed was Aerosmith, and that was because they did all the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and remember, well, actually, Aerosmith did walk away. Um, remember, it, it wasn't until they did walk this way with the with Run DMC that they came back in the prevalence. So there was a couple of years there after this movie where the Aerosmith, where Aerosmith was was not was not around. People forget that that there was a lull there with Aerosmith. Well, uh, Steven Tyler also left the band. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so there's true. like, it wasn't the movie that did them in. It was lot, It was other factors with Aerosmith. They pretty much walked away from this movie unscathed because that it just, it, what, it didn't affect them like the stars, the Bee Gees. I think by 78, 79, people were sick of the Bee Gees. Uh, obviously, the disco sucks thing at Kaminsky yep. Field. Uh, yeah, people were just sick of it. <laughs> and Peter Frampton got caught in the crosshairs. With his... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the guy's talented. Like, I, uh, if you go back and listen to some of his work with Humble Pie, like his rock band in the '70s before he went solo, the guy mm-hmm. is really good. He is like guitarist. <laughs> this movie just killed. Us. Just killed him. Just fucking buried him. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of like again. Robert Robert Daltrey wasn't an actor. Peter Frampton was not an actor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the thing that kind of confuses me about it. You know, what they should have done with the movie is just had other have other actors play it and just dub, just overdub. I mean, that's what the shit. How hard is that? Hubris, man. Hubris. <laughs> yeah. Good point. All right. So yeah, my so, take on it is Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. That one wasn't bad. Again, the Bee Gees, they're pleasant. They are pleasant. Yeah. I um, like the Bee Gees. Uh, <clears throat> they are a band that a lot of people dislike, and I think it's because of the the Coke residue stain of disco. But they had some really solid stuff in the '60s, late '60s, like weird fucking albums, like really weird tripped out shit. And I actually like the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. I like I like some disco and yeah, it's I like the Bee Gees and 
They, but with this, they sort of had it coming. Especially that Robin Kemp quote I said. God damn it. Like, that yeah. was talking about poetic justice. Yeah, that was, um, oh, that was not good. All right, so let's move on to Here Comes the Sun by Sandy Farina. Um, it sounds like Cher during a Sunny and Cher variety hour. Like her yes. vocals is just like, I believe in life. <laughs> like, just, ugh. <laughs> oh, God, she is. Uh, now maybe she's better vocally, but it, she's hamstrung by this very seventies uh, production, which is it's, falls at I George Martin's it. feet. Yes, I think it's the production that really hurts it. Um, now again, I'm going to share a YouTube uh, comment on this. Um, just a lovely version of Harrison's classic, simple and happy. Thanks for sharing this, and I love this music. Every time I heard this song, I feel all the blessing of our creator. <laughs> and fucking religious people are nuts <laughs> let's get to getting better because it's it can't get much worse but it can and it does god damn dude i think you hurt yourself just as much as it hurt, as it hurt me man oh yeah this is again bg's on their own but again it's frampton's vocals that really just kind of hamper it it just it honestly the first four tracks are pretty vanilla to me like mm -hmm. they weren't it, it doesn't it get egregious until uh we'll get to it but it's track five for me where i'm just like oh god oh no oh yeah oh, let's oh, get to track oh four. yeah lucy in the sky with diamonds one of my favorite uh pepper songs mm -hmm. uh very like just how that the beatles made this very atmospheric put you in a whole different world uh kind of uh not the worst uh diana steinberg i mean serviceable yes i would say what's uh do you have any quotes for these past two tracks so i have i've quote yes i have quotes for it's getting better uh which is <laughs> The brilliance of Peter Frampton shines through here. <laughs> <laughs> and for Di and for uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, um, Diane Steinberg and Stargard stole the show with this version of the movie. I'll never get tired of watching this scene. <laughs> okay. Now now we get into the <laughs> we get into uh, the shit with uh -huh. I Want You, She's So Heavy. One of uh one of the first songs I learned by the Beatles on guitar. Because I really like that. It's, and of course, it's watered down here. But it doesn't help when you have Donald Pleasant doing his best William Shatner. Oh, God. With, I want you. <laughs> I want you so too bad. <laughs> it's just like Shatner. It's like it's like a bad Shatner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it gets all disco-y. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The last thing I think of when I hear a, the song "I Want You She's So Heavy" because it's such a, it's it, it's such a a, a, a guitar-driven track that throwing that disco mix in it just is one of those big what the fuck moments. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a dirty it's it's got that vibe to it. It's got that feeling to it, and um, yeah, no, no, it doesn't. It, this 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 does not work um, <laughs> no. at all. And then, and now you're starting to see the alarming elements when you have the cast members doing vocals. 
Yeah, it comes. That's even more apparent with when I'm 64 and mustard. Ooh. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, uh, so what's a what's a quote here for you, Paul? One of the best songs out of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> who said this? Uh, who said this? Uh, Trinity, the best. Oh God. Yep. Trinity. One of the best. Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. Um, no, this one is. I hated it. And like the ending of it took so long. Like I was like, oh my God, just end, just end, just end, just end. And it's not ending, Joe. Yeah, I know. And the best part is the original song ends abruptly. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's the end of that side of the record. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Oh God. Now we're on to good morning. Good morning. One, another Beatles song. I really like that. Man, this is one of those times when the Bee Gees on their own, they did not do this song any service at all. No, to me, this one's just boring, right? Um, It's just, it's it's boring Um, to me. It's just, it's uninspired. It's one of the, Good Morning, Good Morning is one of those songs you really need uh, the raspy Lennon vocals Mm -hmm. to make it work, and none of the Bee Gees have that. No, and I think and obviously is, Peter Frampton does not have any vocals. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, you know this is the thing that I think this is really missing is that the Bee Gees were fine, but again, Frampton was the bad choice here because you needed someone with that rock voice to now, to do it. Now, who who, in your opinion, should they have had if they could swap out Frampton with? A stronger vocalist. Who would you have gone with? Oh, God, that's a great... You know, honestly, I mean, he did it. Tommy, I would have done Robert Daltrey, for Christ's sakes. At least it would have worked. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I would probably go either Daltrey or Gilmer. Yeah, Daltrey or Gilmer. I mean, honestly, I mean, Daltrey has that voice. And, you know, great. You know, I know that Tommy sucked. It did, but it wasn't on Daltrey that it sucked. His vocals were fine. No, it was on that child porn watcher... Townsend's. Yeah, Townsend. Townsend. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, oh, so boy. next so, up. Well, oh, hang on. Oh, we didn't get our YouTube quote here. Um, so <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> I need to talk about the next track yet. <laughs> <laughs> Love this version. It's much more fast paced than the original. Not the original was bad or anything, but I feel like this one just flows better. <laughs> <sighs> Like these people exist. And that's the sad part. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I wish I had alcohol for this review, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, sir. Me too. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the the shocking she's oh. leaving home where the the sex robots in the movie sing. Okay. Um this is this is the one I got really pissed off at because this is one of my favorite Beatles songs. Um, I just love how dark it is. I love how sad it is. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's the way you know that it was sung, the way that it was done. It's perfect. Um, they cut out like like the whole purpose of the song, which where she's leaving because she's being oppressed, and they took that all out. I was so pissed, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was watching the movie earlier, I was wondering, the question hit me is, did anybody actually listen to the, the lyrics of these songs before they tried to make a, a story narrative out of it? 
This one, like, yeah, but they got it wrong. And I have, uh, so must Mr. The guy who plays mustard. He does vocals on this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think and like the parents do the vocals and the parents I do the wrote vocals. my notes. It sounds like community theater. <laughs> it sounds bad. It sounds really my bad. gripe too. And this goes back to like how I think George Martin fucked up the stereo versions of the Beatles. Uh, the, 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 the version that they recorded and mixed in the mono version of Sergeant Pepper, it's, it's a faster song and I think it works better. Martin slowed it down a, like half speed. Mm hmm. To make it like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why he did that without uh, consulting the Beatles. Like, it's pissed me off ever since I've heard the mono mix. Like, Martin's stereo mixes have pissed me off ever since I bought the mono set. <laughs> the, Beatles, the Beatles actually helped produce those. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're different. There's some songs that are completely different takes. Some they're mixed different. They have different effects, especially from uh, Revolve uh, Rubber Soul Revolver on. The most glaring is the White Album has a lot of better choices than what was used on that. Uh, Pepper has different effects, different things. Uh, She's Leaving Home is a faster song on the mono, and it sounds a lot better. And everybody said it was a you know, Martin always gets like this thing, like it was a fluke, like he he did it by accident. Listening to this, no, he absolutely made a a, a creative choice against the Beatles, and mm-hmm. fuck him for that. Fuck him for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, yeah. I'm plus, the robot up. singing certainly didn't help anything either. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The robots helped nothing. Um, I think Robin sings in it a little bit later, and that's fine. But again, they missed the whole purpose of the song, and it's weird. Now, here's the um, here's, here's the quote I'm picking on, on YouTube. Did they get the synthesizer from A Clockwork Orange to do the opening? Overall, I like this cover. I mean, the original is amazing, but this is beautiful. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just set it all on fire, Paul. Burn it. <laughs> burn I feel it. like the Mad King every day. Just burn it all. Burn them burn all. Burn it all down, dude. Yeah. So next we get to You Never Give Me Your Money. This is one of my favorite Beatles songs. Great song. Uh, I just I love the melody of melody of it. Mm-hmm. I think the lyrics are kind of stupid, uh, but I, I always just love the melody of it by uh Steinberg and uh Paul Nicholas <laughs> in my notes. Starts yeah. okay, then gets white guy funky, and white guy <laughs> funky is not fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it. Um, that that it's white guy, it's white guy funky. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, not you can't not do. McCartney can do white guy funky, and he's one of the few who can. Yeah, he is. He's one. Of, yeah, he he was blessed with being able to do that. Um, no, Paul, no, Paul Nicholas, and you're you know, not. I, you're the wrong, Paul. <laughs> you're the wrong. You're the wrong, Paul. You are the wrong Paul, sir. Um, yeah, no. Um, so this, so the quote for this one is, it's good to see I'm not alone. For years, I thought I was the only person on the planet who thinks Diane versions um, is superior to the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah, I know. I know it's tragic, dude. Like these people exist. These people exist. The world has a mental health problem, Paul. <laughs> Everybody's dropped dead Fred now. It's it's horrible. 
<laughs> Fucking horrible, man. <laughs> Again, I liked I liked um uh for Drop Dead Fred. I did. So, you know, there's that. You can go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> anyway, let's get to another one of my another one of my favorite Beatles songs, Oh Darling. So good. Yeah. I didn't mind this. I think Robin Gibb realized he doesn't have the that McCartney like mm-hmm. soul vocals. So he did it his own. And I was I was that was serviceable. It's okay. I might even throw it on a mix if this was ever streaming. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, people. You can't find this on any streaming service. You'll have to stream it all in one fell swoop on a YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there, there is, there is the individual tracks like I'm finding here on YouTube. But, but yeah, I mean, actually, if you have YouTube music, you can listen to it track by track. But no, it's not on like a true streaming service like Spotify or anything like that. It's, it's, <laughs> and there's reasons. We'll get to that at the end of this. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, it, we don't make, we kind of like, I kind of looked into it. It's not really a good reason. I think it's just, we'll get to it. But yeah, yeah, yeah we'll get this. To it. I liked. I thought it was good. Uh, Robin Gibb, despite his hubris, <laughs> yes, about like this being the only memorable Sergeant Pepper ever made. Uh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, I, his voice is. I like his voice. I like what they did. Bare bones. You know, it's not really. They don't yep. go over the top. You know, it's. But George Costanza would call the, <laughs> you know the. Not showing off, not falling behind. The meaty part of the curve. The meaty part of the curve. And I agree with you. It's serviceable. Um, Robin does have a great voice. Um, and, you know, so, I, again, it, you know, for doing it his own way, yes. I mean, and again, it's, you know, Oh, oh Darling is, is a tough one to do, but I do think they made it their own. It's just, you know, I mean, I, I know I know the Beatles were white guys, but this is a white man version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But they did it their own. And if you're going to do a Beatles cover, at least do it your own. Yes. A lot of people, like, especially when you see on this album, when they're not going way over the top, it's almost like too close. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, there's just shittier vocals and shittier arrangements and shittier instrumentation. Yes. Um, now, here's here's the quote. Um, this is my favorite version of this song. Rest in peace, Robin Gibb. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Favorite version. That's their favorite version. Yep. Oh, God, Paul. Okay, now let's get to the, the oh, 25-pound elephant in the room. Oh. <laughs> Steve Martin. Oh, God, that yeah. jerk. <laughs> that fucking jerk, dude. Uh, yeah, he does it. Maxwell's silver hammer. Oh, Christ. Uh, now, uh, let's... God. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's, it's bad, okay? Let's it's, just... it's really bad. Uh, and... First of all, uh, Steve Martin is not a singer. Like, I know he's done bluegrass stuff since this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at this time, he's only known for his comedy, so he's hamming it up. Like, yeah. you know, this is like, it's, it, it's an anno- more annoying version of him doing King Tut. 
Yeah, and that's you know that's really where I think he was at was doing his version of King Tut for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's and yeah. it's uh, it's you know uh, it's bad. Yeah, and let, let let's preface this. This is pre Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, this is before Little Shop of Horrors, where he was the the crazy dentist. But you know. Um, this is a really terrible cover. Um, yes, this this does not fit. Why? Who? I mean, I understand it's cocaine in the movie, but who it's is not that even movie? okay in the movie. It's more confusing in the movie because in the movie, Maxwell is a is a plastic surgeon. Oh no! I know. I, I said I, I said cocaine. Cocaine okay. in the movie. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it, this is a. Let's also let's bring up the. It's not only just a bad cover. It's one of the worst Beatles songs. To the fact that. Uh, Every Beatle except for Paul hates this song. <laughs> See, no, I like this song because it's quirky. I, I do. I like Maxwell Silverhammer because it's quirky. It's, it was, it was uh, you know, not unexpected by the Beatles. But fair enough if they don't like it. I think I do like it. It's been also accused of one of the songs that broke up the Beatles. <laughs> really? Yeah, like how many takes it took and like Len- how much Lennon and Harrison and Ringo just fucking hated it. <laughs> just... Yeah, it's uh, wow. All right, good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's bad, and I like Steve Martin, uh, I, the jerk, and planes, trains, automobiles, and the fucking his Hulu show with the uh, uh, fucking what's his nut from oh with Martin Short. Yeah, Martin Short. That's the, the only murders in the building. Yeah, like, yep. he's fucking brilliant. I read <laughs> I read his like memoirs during the pandemic. And it, it spanned all the way up to the jerk. I don't know if the jerk was either. Well, I'm going to check. Was if the jerk was before or after this? It was after. After the this. Jerk was so after he this. did not mention this movie once, according to my memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. No, this was after. This was. I mean, this was before the jerk. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. It'd be great if he referred to referred to Peter Frampton as shedhead. <laughs> Okay, and the YouTube quote of this is by Sebastian Baca. This this rendition of Silverhammer by Steve has officially topped the Beatles original as my favorite. God, dear God. Dear God, they really hate those cans. (laughs) It's so bad. Yeah, this was, this was, um, yeah, again, it's cocaine, the movie, but still, why? he was there um it doesn't make sense to me um no, why why was steve martin yeah it's it's bad it's not and i love steve martin so that's uh kind of sucks but you know not ever, nobody has a perfect record i guess no let's get to what i thought was even though it's how it's done is very strange because it's a medley yep I didn't mind this. I thought it was, I thought, so it's Polythene Pam. She came in through the bathroom window. Nowhere, man. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's reprise. Yes. Uh, it's, I thought they did fine. I like their vocals on Nowhere, man. But yep. Like again, where the Bee Gees are harmonizing, they shine. Yeah, absolutely. They, they shine on that. But the weird thing is, <clears throat> it's weird hearing Polythene Pam without Mustard before him, for 
Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's it's like it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, because after just she way... came in through the bathroom window, you expect golden slumbers, right? Not nowhere. Yeah, so it's weird. Like they picked these ones. That I, that was throwing me off as well. Um, I was just like, it was jarring to me. Um, to, you know, again, it's not bad. Um, not my favorite. Um, my favorite. I would actually put it on a mix just for the hell of it, just because it's. Kind of just switches things up. Like I did not. This was not egregious to me. This was, it was fine. Like, and I needed something like this at this point of listening to the fucking album. Man. Holy shit! I'm choking. I'm so angry. <laughs> it's like me yesterday, right? I mean, not yesterday when we did a uh, Molly Ringwald, where I was sneezing because I'm allergic to Molly Ringwald. <laughs> yeah, you're allergic to that ginger. That's for sure. <laughs> Don't so bring what up are the, what, what's the comments on this one, Paul? This has been my favorite version of She Came In Through the Bathroom Window for Over 40 Years. Oh, boy. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm not a huge fan of She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. I think it's it, it's it's half a song Yep, uh, that Joe Cocker somehow made like a six-minute version out of, which I have no idea how that happened. But, you know, that was his hubris after doing the only Beatles cover that was better than the Beatles with a little help from my friends. So, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the comment for that one. Um, all right, well, we got Earth, Wind, and Fire. Got to get you into my life. I don't like the chorus. I think the way they, they take it into a different key is weird. Yep. But I like the verse, the guy, when he's singing the verse, I think that's all right. So that's a mixed bag for me. It is. I, I just don't like when they're singing the chorus. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's the, probably the funkiest thing we're going to get on here. Um, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's uh, it, it it's fine. Um, you know, it's I, still I also the only track that was not produced by George Martin. Right. And you can feel it. And, you know, in my mind, it, it actually shines better again, because it's such a different version that I think this is what more of the album should have been done. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it. <clears throat> Don't try it. I mean, just it's weird having George Martin do it. Yes. It uh, was. He's so he's so close with the the, the source material. That I think it hinders a lot of these productions. I think it hinders a lot of creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. And innovation. Um, yeah, it it's it's fine. It's fine. Um, you know what isn't fine? Well, let's get the quote first. Oh, yes, yes, let's get the quote first. I'm sure it's, there's going to be a lot of positive ones for this because this was actually a legitimate hit. <laughs> it was a legitimate hit. Um, it's dangerous to cover a song from the most popular rock band of all times. But these guys fucking rocked it. Great cover. Better better than the Beatles version. Well, I don't agree with the last part, but it does rock. It has yeah. its moments. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's better than the original. I mean, I think it, if that weird chorus part hadn't been in there, I think it could have been really, really good. Yeah, um, I think it would have been a lot better, but, yeah. <clears throat> you know, hindsight's always whatever. 2020. Yeah. You know yeah. what doesn't rock? <laughs> Strawberry cover of Strawberry Fields Forever. <laughs> oh, God, and it's so I also bad. want to say, her name in the movie is Strawberry Fields. Yep. Why not Penny Lane? Right. 
That's actually right. like a normal sounding name. Why did they go with a name that does not exist? There's nobody named Strawberry Fucking Fields. So, and and why is she singing? Well, I think it's because of the lyrics, Strawberry Fields Forever. But why is she singing the song about herself? God damn it. Yeah, shouldn't, shouldn't Frampton be singing this yeah. as like a love song to her or something? Right. Even though that's not, not even the lyrics. Yeah. But, but like, hey, the lyrics don't make any sense with the fucking movie, so who gives a shit at this point? <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, this one was rough. Um, this this is this is rough. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta. You got a glowing review of this. Oh, I sure do. Oh my god. I like the original, but this version's better. It's so soothing and beautiful. I hope to get the opportunity to sing this for someone the way Strawberry sings for Billy in the movie, to a lover. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> that's, a real, that's a real comment, sir. That is a real comment. Oh, God. I think that, I think that broke my brain. Like <laughs> One of the most well-regarded, innovative singles of all time. Yeah, this version's a lot better. With that that share sounding idiot. <laughs> yeah. Your best seven did me. What fuck, fuck. Let's see let's get to the let's get, we're in the weeds now, Paul. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> the yeah, we tracks are. are all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 we are we are in the shit, sir. We are in the shit. So Paul. When I get older, <laughs> god damn it! God yeah, damn. when I'm 64, by with with a guy who plays Mustard, Frankie Howard. Yeah, oh, son of a bitch. <clears throat> this was this was bad. This is Tommy bad. This is like when you have the cast now. Yep, yep. Carrying songs. Uh, yep, and you got bitch. Sandy Sandy singing with them in it, and. That doesn't work. <laughs> oh, it doesn't even make sense. And then if you watch, if you watch the video in the movie, it's even weirder. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hot air balloon, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, we're losing you again. Oh, yeah, it's bad. But, hey, Howard gets another song. because. Well, why don't you give us a, a glowing review of this version <laughs> of when I'm 64, Paul? This one's tough. <laughs> this one's tough. <laughs> great character and a great song for him. <laughs> That's the glowingest review I can find for it. <laughs> oh, God. Well, even the, even the apologists didn't get it, my man. Well, let's go back to the, the sex robots, Paul, because we got mean Mr. Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> the robots with, are back. With Frankie Howard and the robots. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, yeah, this is weird. This was, uh, I, I, I hate this. I hate, I hate this version. I hate it. Um, it doesn't work. Um, you know, and it, again, it's, it's part of a, part of a melody. Uh, a mel- uh, uh, uh it, it just, it doesn't work, Joe. It doesn't well, fucking it doesn't, work. And it, it, it stretches for like three minutes or almost three minutes. And it's a fragment of a song. It, Mustard, Polythene, Pam, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window were half-baked songs from the White Album that they couldn't finish, so they just lumped them together. That's what the medley is. And, hey, you know what? 
recycling shit and making it work. All the power to the Beatles. Uh, here, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. So, uh, what's your glowing review of this one, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Better than Abbey Road. <laughs> um, the the okay. Um, I wish they had incorporated more of the soundtrack versions into the movie. <laughs> Some fucker thinks that movie needs to be longer. <laughs> it's already almost two hours of hell, man. Yep. No. Um. And the other, this is my favorite song off the movie soundtrack, simply because of the robotic voices. The basses on the song is sick too. <laughs> All right. All right. Joe, Joe. Joe. <laughs> now coming up is the highlight of the whole album. Oh, God. Fixing a Hole by none other than George Burns. Hugging Christ. Who thought this was a good idea? Oh, it's even worse when you watch it in the movie because he's dancing. But he's so old. Oh, God. And he can't really dance. He just does an old man shuffle. It, and you. You think you're having a fucking fever dream, like William Burroughs? Like this movie is like this, the movie does Naked Lunch better than Cronenberg did it. <laughs> Dude, yeah, this, 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 and I showed you my note for this. Yes, you <laughs> did. My note for this: this exists. <laughs> this. This is out there. Like this is in this is this is not even in the ether. This is in reality. This is tangible. This is grasping. This is terrible. <laughs> now, I will say I was expecting Jack Nicholson level because again, comparing it with Tommy. Um so I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like I was expecting it to be like like Tommy bad and it's not quite there. Whoever did, you know, leveled off his voice and did that power to them because yeah. Oh yeah. So what's the glowing review of this one, Paul? Are you, are you ready for this? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> My body's ready for this. <laughs> My favorite version of the song, best vocal performance on the album. It's a fair take. <laughs> I get it. Dude, we're, if, if the YouTube comments or anything, man, this, we are going to get so voted down for this fucking review, dude. I, that's fine. You know, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> show, show me any of the lies in this review. As <laughs> coming up is hands down the worst Beatles cover i've ever heard why it's be the song because which is a beautiful layered harmonized vocal uh track that would have really been great if we utilized it with just the bgs because you know that's what they're fucking known for yep no we're throwing alice cooper in there to be like <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh god yeah yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. You uh, didn't like this one, Paul? Oh, this was. This was. This was bad. a rough one to sit through. Like it. I was listening to this. I was like, "What? What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. Yes. It was. This was. Um. So there's a couple of quotes here. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Because this one's interesting if it's true. I recently took my copy, and this comes from Tom MC. I recently took my copy of this album to an Alice Cooper meet and greet to be signed. He got a kick out of seeing it. He told me the reason they decided to do the album was to get the opportunity to work with the legendary producer, George Martin. Alice did the first cut like John had done, to which led Martin to say, that's great, but I'd like to hear how Alice Cooper would sing it. To which Cooper replied, okay, I'll show you how Alice Cooper would sing it. And that's how we got this great song. Um, and the thing is, I can see that. I can, right. That's I, why, I wouldn't see any reason why Alice Cooper would lie about something like that. He's a pretty stand-up guy, so. Yes. Um, so, ironic genius through and through. Man, those Beatles were the kings of harmony, while Alice Cooper was the king of some other realm. Yeah, it just doesn't mesh. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> like, it, 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 even this character in the movie was a stretch. <laughs> like, his last name is Sunk. <laughs> yeah, let's fuck, fuck this. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Alice Cooper song anymore. It's literally the worst Beatles cover you can ever hear. It is. Um, I, 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 I think they're, they're. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a worse one. And please don't send us. Uh, anything contrary because we already sat through this fucking album. <laughs> We've had yeah. enough of bad Beatles covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. All right, let's go to Golden Slumbers. This is another one that pisses me off. Yeah, it's so, the production sounded just like pretty much the original, except <sighs> yet for Hampton. Yeah, and here's the thing it's a sad song. It's 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 a sad song, um, and you're it's it's not portrayed that way, and it's it just it it pisses me off because there's uh, one of the things that I will say that is lacking from this is emotion. This is like the Beatles were really good at conveying emotion through singing, and Frampton can't do it, and the Bee Gees are great at what they do, but it's not emotional music. <laughs> sure. This does have carry that weight in it, right? Yes. Yeah, so in the movie, they literally carry the weight of dead strawberry fields. <laughs> oh my god, are you fucking... Oh. <laughs> carry that weight. She probably weighs like 80 pounds. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, see, I haven't seen the movie in forever. I totally like. Uh, oh, you oh. got it. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'll let Joe. I'll let you and Joe sit through it. I was gonna, but I was like, I'm not gonna pay four dollars to see this movie. Um, <laughs> it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> that's see, it's worth it just to see the George Burns old man shuffle, man. <laughs> Oh and him holding the guitar, rocking out, and at one point, they make a young George Burns, so they put shoe polish in his hair, and he looks like John Waters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
it's oh, an experience, no. man. Like it's, oh, it's such a fucking train wreck. I and I again, I remember seeing it as a kid, and I I'm sure it's not as I'm sure it's worse than I remember even. Oh, it is as a kid. It's it's it's, it's fucking. I've never seen a movie like this, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sex robots and Alice Cooper and George Burns. Oh no. So um um the 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 YouTube review of this one from John Hall. I love Paul McCartney, but Frampton is amazing on this song. <laughs> Good song. I want this at my funeral. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fucking wow! I also I, want you to die. So it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, yeah, it, and again, if, if they really are carrying her body in this, yeah, then it's, this is at uh, Strawberry's funeral. Then it's even worse because they don't sound sad. They don't sound sad singing. No, like no. there's no emotion. Yeah, cocaine, man. <laughs> cocaine, the movie. Now, now right. let's get to. <clears throat> Another low point, but it's actually, I'll talk about because it's a highlight of the movie for me, is uh, Come Together by Aerosmith. <laughs> I hate this cover. I've always hated this cover. The song, this cover is still played on shitty radio stations. Oh, it still this. is. Yeah, this is, a, this, this is a classic song now. Yep. This yeah. is, yeah. It's bad. I don't like it. I don't like Aerosmith. I just don't. I, they're just a band that does absolutely nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, the the reason why it's a highlight of the movie for me because this is where Peter Frampton kills Steven Tyler. <laughs> oh, Frampton kills Steven Tyler? Yeah, yeah. Because Aerosmith is the evil band. Oh god! <laughs> and Frampton like fights him. Throws <laughs> <laughs> him off a ledge, killing him. Oh god! <laughs> and I just when I saw that, I stood up and applauded. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, people love this cover. I'm going to say this. People love this cover. Um, oh, people are idiots, Paul. <laughs> uh, this one's going to get really voted down because I know a lot of people that do love this cover, but I'm I'm in the minority of that. I've never liked this cover so much. Um, I, I, I just um, felt like it missed the mark. I mean, I... I don't know. I mean, again, I, I don't understand the appeal of it, um, but it is what it is. And kudos to Aerosmith for somehow making an earworm that people do like. So good for them. Um, no, not good for them. We should be discouraging this kind of behavior, Paul. <laughs> God damn it. What, do you, what have you been doing this for? <laughs> I mean, shame on you. Shame on you, Aerosmith. Feel bad. Um, so here's the, I got two reviews for this one. The highlight of the film and the soundtrack. Love this version. And capitals. Way more than the Beatles. Yep. I mean, that's... That's a... I... I, People... I've heard people say that, you know? It's... Yeah, I've heard it too. It's the worst take anybody could have, but yeah, go ahead. Keep believing your lies. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not... I, I just, I'm not a fan of it, but there you go. Um, all right. Now we got for the being, for the being, for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Which is another one of those cool, trippy Lennon songs. Mm-hmm. Ugh, this was bad. 
was just uh, more Frampton. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of soulless. It's very soulless. It, I just I don't have a whole lot to say because it wasn't very memorable, which is weird for like one of the weirder Beatles songs that should be memorable. <laughs> Being, yeah. It'd be like if they made a boring version of You Know My Name, Look Up the Number. Yep. And I'll be honest, this is one of those songs that there's not a lot of glowing reviews on on the YouTube. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. Shocker, right? You're, you're full of shit, Paul. The one I got, the one I got is not going to lie, but I love this version of the song. Um, I am going to say one of my favorite ones though and this one is am i the only one hearing pinky in the brain in the backing track (laughs) (laughs) no no you are not (laughs) no 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 you aren't you are not alone in that uh now let's get to another again so it's a beatles song i really don't like okay the long and winding road i mean it's what it is probably just because of uh Phil Spector's production, which uh, McCartney famously hated, yes. uh, but whatever. It's uh, it's one of those super sappy McCartney songs. I just sometimes he gets too like it, this shit, and I'm just I lose interest. But you know his vocal, the vocals are good, and it's a powerful song. And why in God's name are you having Peter Frampton do these McCartney songs? Oh, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah, so let's, okay, I want to talk a little bit about that because it is, because the, the, we're never going to talk about the Beatles again, um, per se. Um, the Long and Riding Road, I personally really like the song. Um, I was in a really low point in my life. Um, and, you know, this song just kind of, you know, was like, oh my God, it made, you know, someone understands. Um, so when I, when I was listening to it, um, so for that song's just about a long road. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> about this really long road Paul McCartney was on. He wrote a song about it. Well, God, this road just never ends. <laughs> Why don't we do it in the road, Joe? Um, so, <laughs> God, I wish that there was a cover of that. <laughs> so do I. So do I. That's one of my favorite Beatles. <laughs> White so, album is untouchable. Right, white album is brilliant. Maybe, maybe at some point we'll talk about the white album, but I doubt it. Um, so in 2003, now again, I we know what happened with Phil Spector. If you don't know what happened to Phil Spector, not what a good dude. Phil Spector, not a good dude, <laughs> not a good dude, Joe. I mean, the guy who would fire a handgun <laughs> while <laughs> Lennon was recording the rock and roll album. <laughs> Got him so mad he fired Spector and moved his. To a different studio. <laughs> the bullet went right in the studio while they're recording. <laughs> God damn it! Well, yeah, Phil Spector was was something else. Um, so in 2003, Spector called McCartney's criticism um, hypocritical, alleging that quote Paul McCartney had no problem picking up the Academy Award for the Let It Be soundtrack. Nor did he have any problems using my arrangement of the strings, horns, and choir parts when he performed it during 25 years of touring on his own. If Paul wants to get into a pissing contest about it, he's got he's got me mixed up with someone else who gives a shit. <laughs> That's true. Like I've seen McCartney live, and he he does time that he you know to prove that he hates this that much. Kill it in the live performances. I mean, right. the Academy Award thing, whatever. I mean, somebody's got to accept it, but. 
Yes, yes, but no, I mean it's it's totally it's totally true. Uh, I mean, I, I I think Spectre actually has a point on that. That you know, you could have done the naked version, the version you wanted, the version that you wanted done. You could do it live, and you you didn't. So yeah, I I don't I don't know. You know, there was a lot going on at that time, and McCartney is also I think a great revisionist of history. Um, so the whole these whole Beatle uh, uh, remixes is one of them. <clears throat> yeah, because he's had Giles just up his the bass parts which is just obnoxious because there's songs that does not warrant that like i really don't like these new remixes of the albums and it sucks because that's the only ones you can really get on vinyl anymore yeah yeah it's like it's like um it's like george lucas with star wars just leave it alone leave it alone stop with the special editions honestly Um, people if you want to hear the best quality of these Beatles songs go to the 2009 remasters yes because yes. uh, Giles Martin's just fucking these up, and it's not cool. No, no, no. The sucks now these are like the ones you can only get physical copies of, and it, that's really rewriting history in my mind. Yeah, no. The 2009 remasters are great; they really are. And that, yeah, go with that. Um, I completely agree with you, Joe. Um, so I, I like this version. Uh, I mean, I, excuse me. I like this song. I hate this version. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> no. No, Frampton. <laughs> you you really suffer from <laughs> crippling addiction to white guy music. No, if you no, like no. This and this this, this is, version of the song is so bad. Again, I remember this part from the movie because this really stood out. This is when fucking Frampton kills himself. He's super depressed, and Frampton cannot put that into song. He can't sing it. He can't make it sad. Like this should be super uber depressing. Because it's the suicide song. And it's the best part of the movie after he kills <laughs> Steven Tyler. <laughs> so, yeah, awful, awful, awful. Um, right, let's get into a day in the life. Oh, wait. Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh uh. Oh, wait. We got a. Yeah, we got the. Oh, yeah. And this comes from the Many Adventures of Moo. And this comment pisses me off. The Beatles wrote a beautifully tragic song, and Peter brought it to life. You can hear the sadness in his voice. No, you can't. <laughs> Paul, show me the lie of that review. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't hear it. Uh, All right. So day in the life. Day in the life. This is one of the weird moments. I, 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 I don't. The Bee Gees, like whatever. It's like they just don't have the vocals for a song like this. No. This is one of those weird instances where I think Martin's production almost sounds a little bit better than uh, the original, especially when it gets into the surreal stuff, mm-hmm. the orchestration. I liked a lot of that more than maybe off of Pepper, probably because I've also burnt out on the normal Sergeant Pepper. Sure. So that was like one of those weird instances for me where I'm like, yeah, I kind of like the, the arrangement and his production of this. Like the vocals suck, but yeah, it's... I think he added some things that made it kind of cooler. Yeah, but that no, was I, that, that was my take of it. Um, it was nice. Again, the problem is is that this this is not a. You're right. The, 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 you you said it completely properly. This is not a song that the Bee Gees should ever be doing. Um. So yeah, two distinct style of vocals, and yeah. they very much have the same kind of style you know what i mean like you need like a lennon and a mccartney like 
kind of like things, styles that kind of uh, clash and conflict. Because like they have different, you know. Like I'd be interested in hearing maybe uh, Waters Gilmer version of this. Sure. Because I would be like, you know, two different points of view, and like you can hear it. You don't hear it with the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the no. glowing review after I gave mine? From <laughs> 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 it gets better than the the Beatles version. Um. So. Um. Th- th- this one's on all of them, so I'm just gonna say it. Um. Well, amazing cover. Shame it never really got noticed. This is my favorite cover of any song. Um, the song was was that was the the song that was sung by the Bee Gees was simply fantastic. I really enjoyed every minute of it. The music has been really underrated and overlooked. I loved it. Um, yeah. Uh, now there is one in there that says if anybody was gonna do it, it had to be the Bee Gees. Uh, this, which is raw, <laughs> which is, which, Come on. <laughs> this is a really sensitive tribute to the music of the Beatles. Oh God, almost as good as the original. <sighs> God damn it! <laughs> Fucking Christ, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to child molesting Billy Preston now, Joe? <laughs> yeah, let's get to the guy who once raped a 16-year-old Billy Preston. Now, this, is to me, is probably the, the strongest cover yeah. on the album. Yeah, get back Billy Preston, but it really shouldn't count because Billy Preston is on the original version of this song. Right, right. So He's it's doing, kind he... of hard to fuck that up because he was very instrumental in that sound of during Let It Be and parts of Abbey Road. He's very instrumental in that. Like, he's technically should have been the fifth Beatle at that point. Because yeah. he is all over, like, I love the album Let It Be. And I, he's all over that album. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, the weird thing is it starts in the middle of the song. <laughs> Did you notice that? It's just like, Get Back has this, like, Yes. And, like, all of a sudden, this one just such like, it's just it's very startling yes um boy the reviews on this one on, on i'm gonna read a couple of them because there there's some there's some gold here um billy preston get back 1978 better than lennon version okay <laughs> this is the it, part of the movie it that? sounds musically identical because he was <laughs> the key arranger of it. Right, right, right. He played, yeah, he was key arranger and he played keyboards on it. So, yeah. Um, this is the part of the movie where we learn that Sergeant Pepper is not only black, but can shoot magic shape-shifting lasers from his hands and even bring people back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the movie's <laughs> all about, Paul. <laughs> In the movie, Billy Preston—I mean, Billy Preston—was able to save Peter Frampton's career. I mean, character, but not his career. <laughs> oh God, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You there, Joe? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's. <clears throat> It's not. It's bad, man. It's it's this is, that take is bad. It, the song's good. I like this cover. 
Yeah, it's a it's 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 probably the strongest cover on the album. Very much so. Yeah, hands down. But again, it's a cheat. It's a cheat. It's a cheat because it's basically a beetle. <laughs> and it's also they cut it down and they cut it down so I don't have to listen to much of it. <laughs> oh, so now let's get to the grand finale. Uh, the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band basically reprise its labeled finale for <clears throat> so many weird and questionable guest stars <laughs> or cameos in the movie. But you don't get to hear that on the record. On this, it's just it's jiggy. Yeah. Jiggy with it, and it's too jiggy. Too <laughs> fucking jiggy. Um, this one does not have a lot of reviews, good reviews on it. Um, so um, the one I'm in, best song in the whole on the, in the whole movie. That's someone's always commented that, and it's always someone different. But my favorite is Mackie Lunky, a kick-ass closing cover to a lame-ass movie. <laughs> he speaks the truth, Paul. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think he's a little half wrong there because it's not a kick-ass closing cover. Well, um, <laughs> well I'm going to give him credit for the first half of that comment. <laughs> for the last half of that comment. You know, for... Oh, God, dude. It's... Yeah, I, I, you know, when I was looking up the wiki on this thing, um, yeah, I understand that, um, that, yeah, like, uh, there was a whole bunch, like, the full cast is on it, um, which you don't get on this version, which, thank the fuck Christ, at least George Martin had some fucking sense on that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, this was something, Paul. This was, uh, this was, uh, this was an experience. This was an experience. Um, and again, I didn't have to go through the movie version of it. So, okay. you know, I, I want to like at least bring up a little part of the movie here. Please, please do. I think I'm trying to figure it out, wrap it around my head, but I believe this, the, this movie, you know, the BG Sergeant Pepper, I think it's a prequel to Twin Peaks. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, we're getting back in our Twin Peaks podcast thing here. All right. Cool. Okay. So hit me, hit There's me with a character it. named The Brute. Okay. Played by Carol Stuckian. He's, I think this is the fireman's origin story. <laughs> Ooh. There's a character named Dougie who wears a lime green suit. No. Yes. Dougie Shears. I can't figure it out, but I think this is, I think this is the Black Lodge, Paul. Oh, I think this movie is the Black Lodge. <laughs> this this is where this is where the, the the prototype. This is where the Black Lodge started. It wasn't. Yes, yes it I wasn't. Think David Lynch sat in a movie theater, watched in horror as this movie <laughs> and went kept kept going on before his eyes, and he decided to make a career making a more saying I'm going to make a more fucked up movie than that or die trying. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Paul? He hasn't gotten that yet. <laughs> yeah this this movie for being pg um is is should not be pg um i mean again it was the 70s it was a magical time um and uh let's talk let's talk about the critical reception of this joe um <laughs> well, it wasn't glowing that's <laughs> uh all music one star Encyclopedia of Popular Music, one star. The Rolling Stone Record Guide, zero stars. The Village Voice, D plus. Oh God. Oh God. Now, um, 
Um, yeah. Remember that we were talking about this. Um, this is the first album to ever get platinum and return platinum. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it broke records, Paul. <laughs> so, so, so the audience understands, um, you know, when a, a record gets platinum by selling a million copies. Um, now return platinum is when it gets sent back. <laughs> yep. And there were so many copies of this that they sent 4 million copies back. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the, the record company actually had to destroy because they had too many of them. Yes. Um, and so this is the first and only first and only album to ever sell platinum and then get returned platinum. Um, Cause what happened was the album came out like five, six weeks prior to the movie. And um, it, you know, it debuted at number seven. People were okay with it. Um, you know, you had the Aerosmith version of Come Together, which is still played on radio. Um, you know, uh, the, the Earth, Wind, and Fires version of Gotta Get You to Life was a huge hit. Um, and then the movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have, uh, they probably would have been better off uh, not making the movie. <laughs> Yeah, um, the the album immediately dropped out of the hundred top one hundred, and pre-sale shipments to the U.S. failed to sell in their quantities predicted. Um, so yeah, um, you know, eventually, eventually they were able to make the production costs back over time, just from the success of the singles. But it took a long time. Um, the BGS did blame their declining popularity. With the project, but um, this was supposed to be the, the what people when you said Sergeant Pepper, you you everybody's going to remember the Bee Gees version. That's what Robin Gibbs said. <laughs> God. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, man. Um, yeah, you know uh, the movie was really kind of touted by the studio as going to be the next Gone with the Wind. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. They they really said it was going to be the next Gone with the Wind. They really thought they had something here. Um, so cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, so uh, let's see here. Uh, in, the, in the Rolling Stones guide in 1983. Dave Mars dis dis uh, dismissed the soundtrack. This is the guy that gave it zero stars as quote in other tragedy. Easily the worst album of any notoriety in this book. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so uh, he also said, concluded, um, he said that, you know, identified Aerosmith's Come Together, Earth, Wind, and Fire's Gotta Get You to My Life as the only competent renditions, and concluded two million people bought this album which proves that P.T. Barnum was right and that euthanasia may have untapped possibilities. <laughs> wow. Show me the lie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this got like a must, must avoid. Um, yeah. Um, now, it was released on, on compact disc. Um, um, 
and uh, it does have hit songs on it. So it it does. So it was out on disc. It's just you can't get it from that. But yeah, no, four million copies were taken off of store shelves and shipped back to distributors. Um, Hundreds of thousands of copies end up being destroyed by RSO. Um, Yeah. Again, this kind of goes back to like when uh, the success of staying alive, they they had not printed enough, pressed enough vinyl. To meet yep. market demand. This was the opposite. They had overproduced. Yeah. Uh, by four million. <laughs> yeah, by four million. <laughs> by four million. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't Joe, this was you know, again, I I, I at least we remembered it. <laughs> At least we <laughs> like, remember it. Like for Molly Ringwald, where we couldn't remember a single fucking track. Oh God, yeah, that was you know we did we remembered things. Um, yeah. and, and I will say, by far not the worst album we we've, we've sat through. I no. think that's still it's that's either Molly Ringwald or Saint Anger. <laughs> yeah, I lean yeah. towards Saint Anger because I lean towards Saint Anger. Molly Ringwald was again she had a she had vocal there there was there yeah. was there's there's a thing so, there. It was just so forgettable, but it it didn't Saint make anger me got hate. me so angry. Yeah, yeah. Saint <laughs> anger made me hate doing. Made me hate while I was listening to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, I I got yeah, I got headaches from that. Yeah, this is uh, this was just fucking weird. <laughs> this was weird, but again, in terms of music albums that got made into a movie, um, this so far. Is the best one we've reviewed two. Yeah, we've reviewed it. That's a um, that's quite the quite the feat. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Tommy. I'll give it that. It was yeah, that's better. a high bar. That's <laughs> a high hurdle, you know. <laughs> hey, at least Tommy stuck with the whole concept album. They threw in other fucking Beatles songs here and there to try and cobble together a movie. Um, so. <laughs> Again, it wasn't a concept album. I know, I know, I know. And they tried to make it a concept. Oh, God, they tried to make a concept movie out of a fucking non-concept album. The fuck were they thinking? Um, you know, okay. this is something I could see them trying to redo in like five years. This really is. I would not be surprised if someone tries to redo this. Um, no. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Beatlemania. Who, 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 who today's uh, equivalent of the Bee Gees in the late seventies? Who would do the Sgt. Pepper movie? I'm trying oh, to think. Of. I'm trying to BTS? think. BTS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be BTS. Um, and then, and then, who would be the Frampton? Um, uh, Billy Eilish. Oh, God. <laughs> no, not Billy Eilish. <laughs> um, oh, God. Who? Amy who? Bridgers. <laughs> Talk about Peter Frampton. Not, not, not Strawberry Fields. Although that would probably be, yeah. I mean, Strawberry Fields would probably be Billy Eilish. Um, Sandy. No, Farrah. no. I think uh, Billy Shears would be Billy Eilish, and they would gender reverse <laughs> Strawberry. Oh, Fields. probably. Yeah. No, you're and probably so right. The gender reverse Strawberry Fields would be Steve Martin. <laughs> Reprising it <laughs> as an elderly Maxwell Edison. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, no. I, like I said, I, I, See, I, I now could... we just bird that into another universe. Man. <laughs> There's a universe where that movie exists. Hopefully, it never exists in ours. But yes, um, I, I could. Now, one thing I, I do want to say that um, another thing about this was that George Martin agreed to become involved. Mostly because of the money. 
and his wife suggested that any other producer might afford less respects to the songs. Uh, um, that's I'd highly disagree with that. I think there was, when it comes to the production of this album, I think there was a lot more better choices than Martin. Martin is so close to the source material. Like they weren't able to do something different, really. Mm-hmm. And, and they should have. And he made a lot of questionable choices here. I think, honestly, he was probably the worst choice they could have come up with. Yeah, absolutely. And Martin later, um, according to author Robert Rodriguez, hated his involvement in it. Like, absolutely despised the fact that he got involved in it. Well, nobody put a gun to his head. So, mm-hmm. I... <laughs> no, no. And again, you're the one that sat back and went, yep, Alice Cooper, give me what you got. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that piece of shit performance. Well, that's going on the record. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I want robots. <laughs> I want sex robots and she's leaving home. I wonder um, if George Martin had a severe cocaine addiction in the late 70s. <laughs> gee, gee, you think? Now, I just, I just want to know. Who, I mean, think about this for a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about the movie here. I, I mean, I, not, but think about this, Joe. Think about everything that occurs in that movie. Someone had to sit there and pitch it, pitch it to Universal Pictures. And someone in Universal Pictures said, yes, this is what we want. <laughs> well, here's the thing back that this is, if you think about it on paper, this is an easy pitch. Uh, you have uh, Robert Stigwood with the Bee Gees, who have just come off massive success of Saturday Night Fever. Your pitch is to throw Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees hot off massive successes. It's not that crazy if you think about it. It was probably one of the easiest sells you could make at a time because studios just want to make a lot of money. They have no real interest in making art house films like you know, people like uh, like Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin Tarantino and all these people, they're flukes in the system. The system is made for movies like Sgt. Pepper's. I'm That's Hollywood. Say, okay, no, I, I get that, but think about so think about the plot. Someone had they to probably pitch. didn't even want to care what the plot is. They said, Bee Gees, oh, Stigwood, yeah, do whatever, do whatever Rampton with Beatles music. Okay, yeah. here's a billion dollars. Make it happen. Oh, God. So this was written by a guy named Henry Edwards, um, who does not have a wiki. <laughs> does not have a wiki. Probably killed himself after making this. Um, let's see if I can find anything on him. Um, writer. Okay, I got his IMDb up. Oh, God. He, the only thing he wrote was this and the great skycopter rescue. Like... That's all he's got. Um, so, yeah, that killed his career. Yeah. But again, it's this was a no-brainer for the studio. He, Bee Gees, Beatles, they probably didn't even have a story. They were just like, we're going to make a, a Bee Gees, Beatle movie. They probably didn't care. You had the name and you had this, this material. There's fucking probably greenlit on that alone. I mean, movies have been greenlit on less. <sighs> yeah, you got a point. So, and let's talk about the director for a minute because the director <laughs> went on to do one of my favorite Barry Gordy movies of all time, The Last Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, some people got out of this okay. 
I love The Last Dragon. So, yeah, good for him. Good, good for Michael Schultz. Um, Joe, this was this was long. This was terrible. I think this is our longest podcast to date. Um, well, I mean, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of working pieces of this puzzle, Paul. <laughs> I mean, it is a four sided thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Could have been, <sighs> could have been a triple album if you yeah. ask me. God damn it. <laughs> they could have redone Rubber Soul with the Beatles. Why not? I mean, with the Bee Gees. Why not? Yeah, well, I mean, they're trying to get that youth mark. You might as well re-record Rubber Soul with the Sex Pistols. <laughs> God damn it. Now that oh. existed in another universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Johnny Rotten Summers. I'm bringing all sorts that. of universes to crumble. <laughs> Johnny Rotten Summers rolling around that Beatles money. Oh, yeah. God. He's a billionaire off of his <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's movie. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yeah, this is this was an adventure. All right. So, would you recommend it, Paul? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's an oddity, um, but no. I mean, the tracks that you need to know of are, are get get radio play, um, and they're not even that great. Again, Aerosmith's version is not that great. Um, God, no, Joe, would you recommend it? Ah, no, no, <laughs> no, this is a, this is a, like I said, it's not the worst Beatles tribute album I've ever heard. It's not the best, uh, but it's, 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 it's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. Like, uh, the only track I actually enjoyed was Preston's get back and I no. thought the Bee Gees on their own was was serviceable and those tracks were ruined when Frampton came on yeah. so yeah 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 let's you might want to skip this one folks and again the fact that the best song is by a guy that molested a 16 year old raped raped a 16 year old boy yeah, yeah. not and even a is different than rape Paul it was yeah. like but trying to water down Billy Preston's crimes <laughs> Yeah, no, um, you know, that's, you know, there's not, uh, there's not much you want there. So Joe, you going to ask me what we're going to do next week? Well, I, I think we do plugs first, Paul. Why oh, are you I'm rushing so- into, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. Yes. No, let's do plugs. Joe, what's going on at the Joe down? Well, we're reviewing the movie Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Arts Club. Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Paul, the Bee Gees. <laughs> Did this movie with Peter Frampton. <laughs> was it George Burns in that movie? <laughs> yeah, George Burns is in. He does this amazing version of fixing a hole. Huh. Huh. This sounds like a great movie. He's the only character that actually talks in it. <laughs> it sounds like a fantastic think of it Because the characters are from a place called Heartland in the heartland of America. And they're all played, all four of them are played by British men. So they had to... <laughs> They had to have George Burns carry the, the dialogue. <laughs> That's right. He's the narrator. That's right. You're goddamn right he's the narrator. That's right. He's the narrator. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really did but, it to yourself with this one, buddy. <laughs> hey, uh, it's, it's the joy is the hell that you and Brown went through. Like that's what really gets me off on this. So <laughs> it was worth it for me. 
<laughs> yeah and then after sergeant pepper brown picked uh black swan uh i've never seen it so i'm kind of interested oh yeah that's that's a good movie darren aronofsky i believe mm-hmm. yep last movie we did of his was mother i love mother mother's so dark dude fucking it's 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 one giant panic attack it's amazing yeah it really is it's it's difficult it's a difficult sit through yeah it is because it's it's it, it it's not a scary in the scary set. It's if you get panic attacks from people being socially unaware and rude, and that, the movie's pure hell, and I love it because I really hate. Like, there's characters like uh, Jennifer Lawrence asks them to leave, and they just ignore her and just go. <laughs> you know, it's just like fucking weird shit like that. I'm like, oh god, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe that's just the Midwestern in me, but yeah, that's that's more terrifying than Leatherface. Huh. House guests. Yeah, no, mother was mother was a difficult sit through. I, I felt. Um, yeah. yeah, Aronofsky is is one of those directors that I pretty much watches movies once and I'm good. <laughs> like, I just oh, you don't watch uh, <laughs> Requiem for a Dream on repeat? Oh my god, that's a movie that I've watched once and I tell everyone to watch it, and I said I will never watch it again. Ass to ass. <laughs> yeah. No, Jennifer Connolly. Yeah, that happened. From Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, from Labyrinth and from uh, from Dark City. Um, and a movie with Nick Cage. I forget which one it is, but it's the one where she rides the, the horse. Um, that's one of memes. Um, yeah. Huh. All right. So, Paul, what are we listening to next week? Well, it's December and it's, you know, it's the holidays. Um, so we are going to do Bootsy Collins Christmas is Forever, the 2006 Christmas themed album, Christmas themed album by Parliament Funkadelic bassist Bootsy Collins. <laughs> I like me some Bootsy, so I love me some Bootsy, and uh, it's sad that we're gonna be doing it on this, you know, but. Really, what else? How else were we going to review Bootsy? <laughs> picking a Parliament album. <laughs> well, we could still do Parliament. This is Bootsy solo. Bootsy has solo stuff. Yeah, um, we, could, uh, we could do a Bootsy solo album that's not Christmas. <laughs> I mean, you literally just asked how we could do it, and I just gave you some options. No, 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 no. We're Bo- no, we're reviewing Bootsy's Christmas album. God damn it! <laughs> See, now you sound the exact like the exact universe like. No, no, fuck it. We're doing Sergeant Pepper with the beach. <laughs> and you know what? Bring in Frampton. He's huge. <laughs> oh my God. Huh. Yeah. Yep, it's it's Christmas time, so the Christmas album. So I will be picking holiday themed albums, sir. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bootsy, Christmas He's is imposing for... your religion on me. That's that's fine. It's all right. <laughs> I never said I saw. I never said I was Christian. Um, you're doing Christmas music, and you're. <laughs> it's Bootsy, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you and your Christian propaganda, Paul. I swear to God. Is it on? Is it on? Is it on Spotify? By the way, I don't know. Maybe should I pray to Jesus and see? <laughs> Fuck, Paul. Let me check. <laughs> Pray to, pray to Jesus. 
Yeah. <laughs> Doing your fucking. <laughs> Christian propaganda. What's it called? Christmas is forever. Christmas is the number four ever. Yeah, let me see. That should have it all on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Just Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Winter funky land. Yeah. <laughs> Jingle bells with a Z. <laughs> yeah. Holidays. <laughs> yeah. Holidays with a Z. Just <laughs> nuts. nuts. <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> Which is like spelled like D's nuts. <laughs> Which is like D's nuts. <laughs> Just oh, yeah. nuts. <laughs> Boot off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Boot off the funky reindeer, buddy. <laughs> he does Silent Night. <laughs> he does Silent Night. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be brilliant. Well, for a Christian fundamentalist like you, I'm sure it's. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, I'm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on your faith. You're the one who's imposing it on me, but you know. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You never know. The next one could be a Hanukkah album. You never know. Oh, I know. I know it's not going to be a Hanukkah album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you pick crippling white people music all the time. There's no way in hell you're picking a Hanukkah album. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know I'm not going to pick We've been that. doing this almost a year, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> you pick whatever you hear at your fancy Starbucks. <laughs> yes. Yes, because I heard Molly Ringwald at my fancy Starbucks. <laughs> Seems like an album they play at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> hey, hey, other coffee shops do jazz. We could do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right, Joe. Do you want to take us out, sir? No. 